and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, editor of My Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So how have you been, Kieran? Very well, thank you, Soph. Uh, yeah, very well indeed. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm all good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to having you on the podcast today to talk about a topic that I know we've seen quite a lot about in the news in the last weeks, months, and I suppose even years. And the concept of that is the four-day working week. One of the most recent headlines around this was the largest trial of a four-day working week in Iceland, which researchers have said was an overwhelming success. And according to reports from The Independent, more than 1% of the working population took part by cutting their hours with no reduction in pay. And more recently than that, a recent report, as was covered by The Scotsman, confirmed that the Scottish government will roll out its own trial of fewer working days without a reduction in pay in a pilot that ministers say could help enhance the well-being of its citizens and also sustained jobs. So a couple of examples there of some nations which have trialled or are set to trial this concept. But of course, we have had some examples of employers also looking into this space. So last year, The Guardian reported that Unilever was poised to trial the concept across its New Zealand operations. And since then, um, some employers who have tested this out have actually gone one step further and have introduced it. And one of the examples is the legal services firm Arkin Legal, who have introduced a four-day working week for full-time employees following a successful trial, which was found to boost work-life balance and satisfaction, among other things. So it seems as though a concept is gaining more attention. Kieran, what would you say that some of the benefits could look like for the HR agenda? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Sophie? It does seem to be gaining traction. So there is quite a lot of kind of data out there at the moment. So Microsoft Japan trialled the four-day working week in the summer of 2019 uh, before coronavirus happened and and, uh, everything else that's ensued and closely studied its effects on the workforce. Employees had hours reduced to just four days while continuing to receive the same amount of remuneration, as you said, in previous trials. And all in all, not only did productivity not suffer, but actually it rose by 40% across the entire business. It also had a monetary and environmental positive impact as obviously energy usage reduced by one fifth. Another trial conducted by Perpetual Guardian in New Zealand garnered a 20% rise in productivity and a 27% reduction in work stress levels, and also on top of that, a 45% increase in work-life balance felt by employees. And that's obviously something that has become such a key talking point among the HR community in recent months. So an interesting solution to that issue there. Unsurprisingly, the concept is growing, but only very slowly. According to the Society for Human Resource Management, 15% of organisations offer a four-day working week now, and that's up from 13% in 2017. Although now we're seeing some landmark trials here, as you've highlighted there, so, so maybe that percentage is set to jump as a result. 
So it's definitely an interesting concept to look into. And of course, Kieran, you've just pointed towards some of the, the benefits that this could potentially have on the HR agenda. But like with anything and rolling out anything new, of course, there'll be considerations for employers. So before the podcast, we wanted to speak to a couple of experts to find out what those considerations should be. Before the podcast, I spoke to Pippa Shepherd, who is head of customer engagement at Arkin Legal, the firm which I previously mentioned had rolled out a four-day week. And she said to HR Grapevine that it's important to decide on the best approach for the business, whether this is, for example, a blanket day off or a staggered approach or an allocated day when everyone works. This should be an important consideration when looking to roll out a four-day week. And I suppose the approach that the business takes will largely depend upon the type of business and and the way that they operate. And on top of this, Pippa said that HR should also consider the wider implications and practicalities from things like client engagement, but also thinking about things like how team meetings will run seamlessly. And interestingly enough, I also spoke to Karen Holden, the CEO of a city law firm, who explained at her firm they have also agreed to pilot a four-day in-the-office week to offer flexible working and family balance. She was talking about some of the different considerations for employers, of course, one of which will be around adjusting staff policies and contracts and possibly annual leave and bank holidays. And she said to me before the podcast, the way in which days slash times are chosen and shared amongst staff needs to be approached with caution. If you are asking people to consolidate hours, this needs to be clear and agreed. Otherwise, employees may accept work longer hours unexpectedly for reduced pay. This may also raise issues around minimum wage and overtime. In addition to this, Karen said that if employees are going to work different days so that the workplace is covered five days a week, this could also be a headache for HR, particularly as some people may want Uh, Monday or Friday, for example, at home. And she finished off with a word of caution for employers. And she said, if it's not consistent for everyone, employers need to make sure it's done in a non-discriminatory and transparent manner. So those are just some of the, the insights that I got when I spoke to the couple of experts there. What other things do you think are important considerations and or challenges that HR should think about, Kieran? Yeah, those are some really good points. I also went out to some people who have experience in this area to to get some insight. So I had a chat with Mark Boost, who's the CEO of a cloud automation firm called Sevo, who told me that one essential factor in making a four-day working week work is to not simply continue operating as before, but to become more adaptable and agile in the way that, that you do business. For example, he said, meetings at his firm are done quickly and only held if they're essential. He added, we encourage our staff to send less emails. All of our processes are streamlined to ensure that everyone has the maximum amount of time to focus on the important work at hand. Instead of being distracted by the Tuesday afternoon catch up or the morning company newsletter. And I also got a chance to speak to Rochelle White, who's the CEO of Rochelle White Agency, an advertising company, who has been working in a four-day week model actually since 2017. So she has a bunch of experience here. And she said that one of her biggest challenges was external communications with businesses that work the standard five days. So she says she received pushback at the start, but quickly found that clients were happy with the level of care and attention that they received as a result of workers being more 
focused and present on their work. So for Rochelle, the benefits that the four-day working week imparted on worker well-being outweighed the initial weight of communicating these plans with customers. And she said that others will likely find that the same thing applies. Yeah, I definitely think those are some good considerations and potential challenges to be aware of to add into the mix there. As we highlighted earlier on in the podcast, there's lots of data out there kind of pointing towards the potential benefits of a four-day week if it's executed and maintained well. But of course, like with any new change, there will be challenges for HR and employers to consider, which is what several experts have laid out for us throughout the duration of the podcast. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. 